from F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne, Wyoming, this is Missile Minutia, the official podcast of the 90th Missile Wing and the Wranglers of F.E. Warren. Here are your hosts. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. With me, as usual, I've got uh, Tech Sergeant Tyler Pracy. Placey? Do you think I know this guy or something? How you doing, Tyler? Oh, not too bad. I really enjoy the Pracy part of it. <laughs> it, uh, it makes me feel really good. Oh, good. Good. Uh, I'm glad. But... To make me feel better, we do have two guests from the comm squadron today. One is Tech Sergeant Megan Stark, the Chief of Wing Cybersecurity, and the other is the Officer in Charge of Network Ops, Lieutenant Landon Gardner. Welcome, hey. and how are you guys today? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Um, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate sure. it. No, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you both on, and uh, glad we're getting the opportunity to talk about something that's, I wouldn't say kind of important, I'd say it's extremely important, and even though it has this, this month of October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, um, it's not exactly something that we should only be t- concerned about in October. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about things you might have going on first in October, if you have anything. Um, if you don't, then we can just talk right directly about things that people should be doing, period, um, in, their, in their personal lives and at work. So, do we want to start with work or personal first? We can do the at-home stuff first, if, sure. if that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that we really have anything specific happening in okay. October. No, that's perfectly uh, fine. Like you said. We do. You're, you're not going <laughs> to... Oh, do we? Yeah, we do. Uh, well, why don't you talk about you're it? You're not going to hack into any of our computers <laughs> just for the heck of it, for the cybersecurity month? Only if we don't like you. Oh, fair enough. I better watch myself. Yeah, be- behave yourself, Sally. <laughs> This year's National Security Cybersecurity Awareness Month focus is going to be on malware, how to get rid of it, basically. Um, insider threat from a cybersecurity perspective, protecting information and devices, and strong passwords and pins. And that came all the way down from um, CISO, as well as it's being emphasized by the Secretary of Defense. During the month of October, we're going to be sending out brochures and pamphlets, uh, virtually more than likely, and also coordinating with your office just to make sure that information is getting out to everyone um, on behalf of not only the Air Force's um, Chief Information System officer but also on behalf of DOD. Well, we'll be looking forward to that and uh, we've we've done plenty of that to the, in the, the years previous <laughs> so you know we get we get those pamphlets and we turn around and we send them out so we're always happy to help with that. You did mention uh, some pamphlets and brochures uh, le- leading up to some of those things coming out is there are there places that you would recommend to go for information to keep your at home or at home computer safe or or anything like that there there is a really amazing site um you'll just have to google it i'm not exactly sure the the name but i rely heavily upon uh cisa so and i think what do you know yeah it's the office of cyber and infrastructure analysis yeah so they um Put out information on a regular basis and they also hold conferences specifically related to maintaining protection over your information as well as um, protecting your stuff at work and at home so that's what i heavily rely on as well as my shop so they could um, check out cisa online awesome we can start with uh, what should people be doing and what should people be concerned about with their at home cybersecurity. i mean work security we get a lot of that, you know, we're trained pretty well, mistakes are still made. But I think more often than not, from what I understand, when people get into trouble, it's usually with their home computers and that kind of thing. Right, and absolutely. Apps and the like. So what would you, what would you give them as far as ideas and things to know, LT? So 
first off, at home, you're typically, uh, most people have Wi-Fi, right, at home. So that's where I'm gonna start, uh, wireless security. So securing your router, ways to do that, uh, and I'm gonna try to make this in kind of layman's terms, because <laughs> it's it. pretty easy to go to geek speak with us <laughs> and then not realize that no one understands what you're talking about. Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, when you're at home and you connect to your Wi-Fi at home, you're just connecting wirelessly to the internet through your internet service provider who provided you that, that equipment most likely. Um, so what's happening is your router at home is constantly putting out a signal that is asking for, hey, I'm router X and it's looking for your devices that routinely connect to it, right? Um, and so one of the ways that your devices reaches out is through what's called the SSID and that's just the name of your network at home, whatever you decided to name your Wi-Fi. And so a lot of times people will leave the default name of your network. They'll just leave it how it came from wherever they bought the router. A lot of times it's just like default or whatever it may be. Uh, one of the first things you can do to, to help your uh, cybersecurity at home is change the default name and password on your router that's actually putting out your Wi-Fi. Uh, that'll make it a lot harder for people to either guess your password if that's what's going on um, or just it, it just helps. Um, sure. And then the other thing I, I want to say is we'll talk a little bit about encryption and so along with that routers utilize different styles of encryption and the one that is most current and up-to-date and the, and the strongest is called WPA2. And so actually when you look at the settings on your router, uh, you can drop down on the encryption and just make sure that WPA2 is the one that, is, that, you're, that you're utilizing. Um, password security. So lots of people I know love to just, you know, one, two, three, four, zero, 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 zero. I'm sure some of us are guilty of it in this room, maybe. So uh, like I said, changing that default password, something 12 to 15 characters. It doesn't have to be super long. Um, something that means something to you. I've kind of seen in the past uh, suggested where make up a sentence in your mind and just use the first letters of that sentence or maybe with some numbers or a year in there. Uh, special characters. Try, just try to keep it, keep a little bit of variety in there. Um, there's some other tools and features that kind of go more in depth. If we talk about like Mac filtering, things like that, uh, you can actually, yeah, I think, I think that's a little too deep, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, just, there was, just, there was a speak you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so make sure your passwords are strong and then, um, the, using the WPA2, that is actually the best piece of advice I can give for wireless security at home. Um, any questions on that? Well, I mean, one thing that I've heard in the past is that you should use different passwords for everything. And, and I don't know about you, but I think I've, according to Google Chrome, I think I have like 270 different passwords. Um, that gets to be a little challenging. I mean, would things like uh, the, the password save features for some of these browsers, are these things good ideas? Um, you know, because, because in reality, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but remembering 250 different passwords for a lot of people I would think would be fairly challenging. So for somebody who doesn't want to try and do that, what, you know, are there anything out there that we can, without the possibility of endorsement or anything like that, is there something that you can say as far as an option there? Um, so what I would say, instead of uh, utilizing those password saves that you find on a Samsung or um, Apple products, what I tend to do and what works for me really easily without having to endorse anyone is just saving a Word document and encrypting that Word document. Um, on your on your drive now um, that's better than putting a sticky note somewhere in your house <laughs> or I've even seen um, password notebooks that have been advertised and if one person 
walks by a desk and picks up that password binder, they have all access to every aspect of your life. And that could be banking information. Um, it could be access to very personal and valuable information. So um, the thing that I would do is just save a Word document on your desktop or even somewhere safe, like in an encrypted folder. That way you have a little bit more of what we call in the cyber land um, layered security. Um, that will probably protect you a little bit better um, than allowing those features to save your password because the last thing you want is for someone to like let's say you lose your phone while you're traveling through the Denver airport and someone picks up your phone and they're able to crack your one two three four password <laughs> on your phone and then um those are six letters <laughs> oh okay okay well one two three, one, two, three four, four six. six yeah yeah <laughs> um they they're able to crack that and then the moment they open it they have access to all of your passwords because you've kept them saved on whatever app you're using um we like to endorse security of course um outside of convenience so you just need to make that personal assessment am i going to um, accept the risk or am i going to um you know do I want this to be convenient? And that's really just something that we need to think about. If you're living in a cabin in the middle of the woods and you don't even have Wi-Fi, you're probably okay. There might be like, you know, a wolf come by. That's your biggest threat. But if you're living in a... Probably not to your cyber security. <laughs> no, not Personal to... security yeah. for sure. Yeah. But, if you're, but you're, if you're living in a populated area or... Um, you know, you carry around your phone with you this the same way you carry around your wallet, you're going to need to um, make sure you maintain that sense of security as, as layered as possible. So. And, and I want to say, this kind of brings up another point on backing up your stuff. I know it's not specifically cybersecurity, but if you're going to make a note and encrypt it and it has all of your passwords on it, might be a good idea to make a backup of that. That, that way, if something happened, you might have another copy. Makes good sense. Because, yeah, <laughs> losing losing that file to whatever, I mean, accidents happen, you know, data, data um, collapses, collapses. Wow. Collapses. Collapse, yeah, whatever. <laughs> corruption. Yeah, data corruption. I've, I've had more than a few SD cards that have that's, just gone that's bad a on brain me. Brain collapse. Yeah, and that's, data corruption. <laughs> correct, yes. That's, it's, it's been a long day, folks. And so. it, it seems like I. I, I I'll be the first to admit I, I can never remember all my passwords. So, and I actually do exactly what you said. I have a I have a Word document, and it's encrypted, and I find myself referencing it almost every day when I just just can't remember them all. So, Makes and, sense. and like you said, it's definitely not a good idea to have one password on everything. So, yeah, <laughs> that's like, kind of common sense, but you know, I'm sure people out there do it. So, yeah. and if you don't know how to encrypt, Google is your friend. Yep. Like yeah. everyone's friend. If you want to find out, you know, what flavor pizza that. Uh, the Rock likes Google. The same thing with encryption. They're all in the same place. That was uh, very, very oddly specific, but I, I, I happen to agree with you. It is a very useful uh, resource. I would guess it's Hawaiian. That's <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure there's probably steak and all kinds yeah. of other stuff added. I'm fairly certain that guy eats 8,000 calories a day. So. At I least. So. Yeah. But. I do have a question while we're talking about passwords. There, there are a lot of sites that require you to change your password every so many days or what have you is there a day or or number that you would recommend even for personal sites that don't require that to change your password i think that's personal preference uh, more than anything else we we do have uh, vulnerabilities coming out constantly 
uh, with the internet changing as well as new applications coming on board, um, new products being created, which kind of open up these tiny holes in products that you already own. So um, what I would do is just as you hear about these vulnerabilities coming out, or even just to be absolutely safe, I tend to change mine every 30 days, but that's because my job is cybersecurity. Um, so if you set a reminder on your phone um, every 30 days, you should be good to go. So Awesome. Yeah. Now, getting to work, and I know this may sting a little bit, but I oftentimes hear, oh, come, our network's not working, and all this other stuff, right? And I believe there's probably a lot of empathy that needs to happen for the folks working in comm because we don't get to see a lot that happens behind the scenes. What, what type of stuff can you talk about that, that kind of would help people understand, like, this isn't something you can just flip a switch and fix? Right. So kind of the things that she touched on with the vulnerabilities popping up on things, um, as... as as the guy who's running the network operations shop, um, two of my shop sections under me are uh, the network control center and then the vulnerability management cell. And so what they do um, is they push patches. So when a vulnerability is published and made public, we are responsible for going to get the fix action and implementing that fix action on whether it be a server, a computer, whatever it may be, uh, even printers and things like that. Think of a patch as like, uh, when you're driving down the road and you are about to hit a, a pothole. A pothole is a vulnerability in the network. And when you see all those construction crews out there, they're the ones who are patching up the network, right? So that's what our vulnerability guys do. They fill in that asphalt in those areas so that the information highway can be a little bit safer to navigate. I love these analogies. Phenomenal. That was really good. Yeah, these are great. So you're, you're talking about... Uh, implementing these patches as you find vulnerabilities what what does that look like when you're or would you say uploading a patch yep so um, patches come in a variety of different ways you can get them on discs a lot of times we get them from the Department of Defense patch repository which is just a central server that has all of the patches that they publish on there for known vulnerabilities to our networks and so our technicians will actually go out we scan the network to determine what how many potholes we have on the road, right? And then we use that patch repository depending on which potholes we have, and we use those to patch the holes. Uh, and that is a process that takes a lot of time, and it requires folks to stay vigilant with keeping their systems online so that we can actually see those systems on the network. Obviously, if you take your computer home and we do a scan, we're not gonna pick it up. And those are vulnerabilities that are being missed. And at a certain point, when that machine comes back online and my guys see that it's way past acceptable, we may have to take it off of the network to actually manually bring it in and do those patches. And part of the reason your network might be slow at home is because um, you can think of it as like taking home a version of a textbook that you get in college, right? So you, you're taking your computer home, you're taking it off of the network, and you're working on it from uh, probably a Wi-Fi router. And as you're working on it, it's not connected to the Air Force network necessarily, except through that VPN setting. So when you bring it back, it has to update. So it's basically like the system is rewriting it up to the most uh, current version of that textbook. And sometimes we get four to five versions at a time. So that's why it slows all the way down. What would you recommend as far as keeping information safe here on base? 
Okay, so today I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, CMI prevention, um, and that is a classified message incident. Now it's called an NDCI, a negligent discharge of classified information, which I'm not sure why they changed it, but they did. We're going to stick with the old CMI because that's what everyone seems to know. Um, but if you work in a classified environment or with what we call a secret or collateral environment, you just need to pay attention to your classification. It's really easy to sometimes switch between um, switch between your monitors and you might see, oh yeah, I, I'm definitely working on the secret network. Um, but then you realize after you've sent the email that you are actually working on a non-classified network. And the reason it's important to pay attention to that is because we don't work on a base that only deals with, um, you know, inconvenient, compu slow computer networks. We work on a base that deals with nuclear security, and we need to pay attention to and stay vigilant about, um, you know, making sure that whatever information is associated with it is being protected. So um, when you're at home, just make sure that you are staying um staying aware of what exactly you're typing on your computer and also coordinating with your original classification authorities on um, what exactly uh, can and cannot be put on a nipper or non-secure machine. Additionally, I know that a lot of us go out to the MAFs, so we have uh, what we call a restricted area badge or, or a RAB in addition to our common access cards. Um, so nowadays we have the Internet of Things. Instead of just the internet connecting computers to one another. We have the internet connecting, um, connecting air conditioning systems as well as uh, lighting systems and fuel systems, complete infrastructures. If you're not paying attention or protecting these, your RAB in your CAC or like leaving it on your dashboard, it could get damaged or stolen. And if it gets into the wrong hands, then we're going to have a major issue. Um, also, the consequences of these issues, unfortunately, are fairly grave. So just pay attention to um, whatever information you are hanging on to. Um, finally, I wanted to talk a little bit about email security. Similarly to what we were talking about earlier with the CMI uh, information, we also have that PII or personally identifiable information. Don't be sending, um, you know, social security numbers of your troops out um, to to your personal home email to write their EPRs because then you're going to create a data spillage and that that information could get into the wrong hands and you could accidentally create a situation of identity theft. So um, if you have any more questions, of course, regarding cybersecurity or um, anything work-related, we're more than happy to help our office, the Wing Cybersecurity Office, but we also have our cybersecurity liaison, so you're more than welcome to lean on. But we're here. We're here to help and to inform. So. What's a good number to reach you guys if we had questions? Um, our phone number is 307-773-5139. How about applications on your phone? I know I've, I've read the news about one app in particular. I'm sure that'll come up in our conversation. Um, it seems to be getting a lot of uh, airtime here lately. What would you tell, particularly it seems mostly our younger airmen, um, about some of these apps and, and potential don't put that on our younger airmen. Well, Everybody's using these. Get out of here with that. I mean, regardless of the application, social media in general, you want to be careful what you're putting out there for, for everyone, literally everyone, to see. Sure. Um, 
So that includes OPSEC. I mean, most people know about OPSEC. Don't be putting things out on the internet that, that you shouldn't be talking about. Um, a lot of things that you put out there, maybe people aren't realizing. Uh, even PII, like, like Sergeant Stark was talking about, um, putting things that can aggregate together that give you a better picture of someone's personal life, like birthday, location, where are you? Like, even things like my, your pet's names and things like that that you might use for password protection or, or hints. Uh, all that data is aggregated pretty easily. I know that I have some information here on an app called TikTok, and uh, if you what is TikTok? <laughs> Honestly, I've never downloaded it. I, I know a little bit about it. That it's some type of video sharing, sure. some app, or it's just another social. I mean, they're all kind of similar in their own regard, right? Is it like sure. New Kids Vine? Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> what exactly I look at it. Yeah, okay. that's exactly how I see it. Yeah. So I I kind of like to see what you guys know about that situation first, and what you have heard, whether or not I don't know if you've pushed out much information regarding that app specifically. So we really haven't. DoD is on a whole has, but this right. you know this office really has not passed out a whole lot of information regarding TikTok. Now um, there have been some warnings as far as you can't <laughs> use this on government equipment. Right. Right. And thankfully, from what I understand, at least at least in my office and at least the people that we've talked to have not done that. However, I know for a fact that there are still people who on their personal, absolutely on their, you know, their, their own equipment, their own phones, they still have that, you know, that particular app. I have been known to cut a little rug, but not on TikTok. That's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and honestly, I didn't need that visual man. So <laughs> moving, moving right along. Um, <laughs> that was my major pain reference for the day. I apologize. Uh, well, it's, it's a, it was a good reference. I liked it. <laughs> um, but uh, as far as far as TikTok's concerned, I mean, I you know, I think we've all at least heard that there is questionable connections between right. that company and an entity that that we don't really want to be passing information to directly. Right. So, multiple reports of of the company who owns TikTok in in their relationship with the Chinese government and the Communist Party of China as well. So that led to the U.S. military banning TikTok as a whole. One of the things I want to bring up is the privacy policy. And this applies to any app or, or anything you're downloading, really, any service. Uh, read the privacy policy. I know most people, you know, just scroll right to the bottom and click accept. I agree to these terms, right? What are you actually agreeing to? Uh, so for TikTok, for instance, they collect your phone and social network contacts, your GPS position, your personal information such as your age and any other user-generated content that you're providing them such as your photos and the videos obviously they can store your payment information and all of this information that you're giving them is stored on servers in china and and that is what led ultimately to the the military banning it and then obviously in the news the federal government as a whole looking at the united states pending some transactions banning it as a whole country um, so i think where they're heading and and this is a good thing and a bad thing, I think, in my mind at least. Uh, we're heading towards this this place in society where maybe your, your abuse of personal data is becoming more of a more of something that people are aware of, and that's kind of what sure. that's the, that's the best part of it in my mind. Let's make people more aware of what they're agreeing to, what they're sharing, and what could possibly be stolen from them, used against them, uh, identity theft, like like we mentioned earlier. Um, but that, that, that's pretty much what I wanted to highlight there. Um, so just be vigilant about what you're sharing online. I think that's the bottom line. Uh, pay attention to what you're putting out there because it stays out there. No matter if you think it does or not, it'll stay out there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you hear plenty of stories about people, you know, being taken a task about something and they delete it, but it's not gone. It's not deleted. It, I mean, it's, it's an internet land forever. You know, it's, 
Um, there, there's not a whole lot that you can do about that. Once you, once you get the information out there, good luck retrieving it. Kind of going back to what Sergeant Stark was saying earlier, security over convenience. It's certainly not convenient to read those privacy notifications as right. they come through, but certainly worth it security-wise. Yeah, you have to watch out for it because they could throw in it I mean, they might ask for your firstborn, and you're just clicking sure. check. You know, I really Please. want to post this picture of me looking like a puppy. <laughs> this is this is my one goal in life is to have the dog ears and the long tongue. You know, that that's exactly what I want out of it's life. It's all about the the fake internet points. It, it, yeah. it really is. So, with all that being said, is there anything else that you'd like to pass out, or you'd like to 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 say before we kind of start wrapping this up? I think the last thing I just want to touch on really quick, and this can apply to home and at work, is. Uh, a little bit about cyber scams. So okay. things like um, spam in your emails, phishing attacks, things like that. I know probably people have heard the term phishing. Maybe they don't know what it is. So spam and phishing, what's the difference? Spam being uh, anything you get in your email or, I mean, it can come through text, any kind of media that is unsolicited, unwanted, unwarranted. Uh, and actually spam makes up over 90% of all email traffic uh, these days, right. which is yeah. pretty pretty believable in my opinion. Um, Phishing, on the other hand, is is something that is premeditated and, and malicious by nature. So phishing being they are targeting you with something that may look real or authentic, and they're trying to get you to maybe click a link, go to a website, and, and what that link does is just like we were talking about the vulnerabilities earlier, that link could may well just open up a vulnerability on your machine and allows uh, an attacker to poke through your your system and take information from you without you even knowing. And so staying vigilant, don't click links within emails unless you know the person and is digitally signed or encrypted. Uh, if something looks fishy, it probably is. A lot of times these these phishing and spam attacks, you'll see the email and you're like, that doesn't look real. That, that looks pretty fake, like not even well done. Yeah. But on the other hand, some of them are very professional. And if you if it doesn't feel right, just delete it call the company directly if, if it's something from your bank anything like that i always call them directly on the phone number that i can that you can find on google and verify with a real person hey did you guys send me this email um before you start clicking things um and that's kind of that's just the last thing i really wanted to cover don't take the bait don't take the bait <laughs> don't take the bait i like it so one last question before we close things up: Are, uh, are you both disappointed that they're getting rid of that uh, that training that everyone loves so much? The uh, the, <laughs> the annual training. I mean, I, I, I'm going to miss Portina. You know. Um, I'm just going to miss that guy stealing my phone all the time. I, uh, no matter what the right answer is, I chase that guy I, uh, every time. Too. I'm too. never going to let. <laughs> exactly. This this cannot go unchecked. Can't be done. You will get tackled, sir. <laughs> Re what, what Re Realistic, I know that this information is extremely dry and no one enjoys CBTs. We don't even enjoy CBTs. Right, exactly. Um, but it's important because the further we move on into the future, the more connected we become via the internet. And we just need to make sure that people stay informed of what exactly they are connecting to. There was, um, recently there was a couple that was terrorized by someone because they hacked into their uh, temperature gauge in their house and they turned it all the way up. It was an elderly couple. They had connected all of their IP addresses in their home and the person was able to get in really easily because of that lack of a of a strong password. So um, this is something that, you know, we, we're all in the military. We just need to stay vigilant um, against outside and bad actors. Um, so. I know it's dry, but we just appreciate your time. So thank you very much. Oh, no. Glad to have you on. Um, 
Sergeant Placey, anything, any last uh, thoughts or questions or no? You no, know, I don't think so. Yeah, Thank you guys I'm like, so much for coming Thanks on. for having us. Appreciate it. This I'm, is a very interesting topic to me, uh, even outside of TikTok. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> and those dance moves. Oh, yeah, for sure. The robot is strong with this one. Um, but seriously, thank you guys so much for coming on and uh, giving our airmen some extra tools to bring to the fight. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's the podcast. And in case you needed to get in touch with the cybersecurity folks here on base, that number again is 307-773-5139. 773-5139. Join us next week for the next edition. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you again soon. Take care.